0: Hi, you're listening to the Android Guys Podcast. My name is Scott Webster. Today's episode is a little bit different. This is another one of our interviews. For today's episode, I spoke with Ian Greenblatt. He is the TMT practice head at J.D. Power. We'll get into what that actually means, what those letters stand for, what does J.D. Power do in the mobile space, and a few other things. So, enjoy! taking time to speak with us today.
1: Scott, delighted to, to be here. Um, really appreciate you reaching out and giving us an opportunity to, to talk about what we love to do.
0: So, J.D. Power is uh, an interesting thing. It's kind of like one of those, you know it exists, you know there's a lot of prestige behind it, you know that there are awards and a lot of companies who are awarded them love to hold them up and show them off and kind of you know stand behind those Um so in your title here, I see you are TMT practice at head practice head at JD Power. Can you tell me a little bit about like what JD Power actually is, and then we can dive a little deeper?
1: Oh yeah, uh, so <laughs> you know some people think of us. Oh, they're the car trophy people, right? <laughs> right. I I think I hear about Chevy talking about them all the time. <laughs> um, what we are is a fifty-year-old leading global data and analytics and consumer insights company. We've been trusted by consumers, like I said, for more than 50 years to bring their voice to businesses around the world, leading to better products and services and experience. And we use our cross-industry and multidisciplinary approach. Try saying that quickly. (laughs) Uh, We we combine leading-edge tools and, and our market expertise to uncover insights that increase understanding and drive business results. It's a very flowery way of saying that we represent the voice of the consumer to the companies they do business with and identify opportunities for those businesses to delight their customers.
0: Nice. So it sounds as if you kind of bridge the uh experience for people or ultimately try to make that experience better between the end user and the companies that you guys basically work with. Now is that would that be correct?
1: Just so. In okay. fact, you know, it's it's kind of funny. Not everybody knows the story of how this all started. But 50 years ago, Dave Power and his family sat in his kitchen, taping quarters to postcards and sending them to new car buyers and say, "Would you please take our survey and send us back information on the following?" Wow. And so, with that feedback information, a very powerful tool, especially at the time in 1968, uh, Dave. And and his group of associates were able to influence uh, Detroit and later Japan on – literally on car design, on feature rollout, uh, what's working for customers and what isn't.
0: So it sounds like it started out – was it just kind of like objective, unbiased, kind of like give us your information and then we'll relay
1: that to them or – well, it's always been objective and unbiased. I'm gonna have to I have to throw up a flag there. <laughs> well, did it start that way? Like it, it was absolutely started right. that way. It's it's always been a third party, trusted party. We're here to be your voice uh, without any sort of political, philosophical, or religious agenda. It's it's just just the facts, ma'am.
0: Nice.
1: Um, and and you know, at a glance, just so you just the, I want to describe the scope of this. You know, we we survey more than five million people a year. We have over one hundred and seventy-five annual bunch benchmark studies. We field studies in nineteen countries and thirty-one languages. We have a global client base of over thousand. And you know, back at back in the home office, we have over eight hundred staffers, including statisticians, data scientists, PhDs, and consumer insight and analysts. Uh, all all put together with a very singular focus, and that's to provide actionable market intelligence to, in my particular vertical, technology. Media and telecom product and service providers—that's what TMT stands for. So you—you you mentioned verticals. How many would? How many are there under JD Power? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's 24, including sub-verticals. But the biggest one, you know, is automotive. Right. right. That oh, the car trophy people. Exactly. Not really. But yes, automotive is probably our largest. But we also have very big practices in the utility sector, in healthcare. In financial services, in travel and hospitality, in home improvement, insurance, and also TMT.
0: Are there? Uh, let me see here. Like, what is? Um, are
1: no, I these... can send you. I can send you a list later of some of these salient points so oh. that you can make it easier.
0: No, that would be great. Yeah, because I <laughs> sure. imagine we'll have some written content to kind of put out with this as well, so people can sure. kind of read that. The reports and the teams and it sounds as if it's like this always it's always happening type thing I mean with five million people you can't just pull them quarterly it's got to be you know how, how does that work like maybe more specifically in your vertical is that something that like every day you're you're gathering information or seeking like what does a typical day look like it never stops
1: we we field in months we um report back in waves and sometimes vol- we produce studies in volumes or annually so think of waves as quarterly volumes as half a year um or annually okay and we're always in field we're always asking we're we're always putting the survey uh out in front of folks
0: now as you you know you break that down i know in the you know the smartphone space I've been aware of J.D. Power prior to, you know, running the site, but more, you know, each quarter we'll see, you know, we've got the maybe the fastest network or the the most reliable network or these different types of things uh, that carriers tend to kind of, you know, pump their chest a little bit, you know, stick it out a little bit and say, hey, this is, you know, what we were awarded for Uh, Mm -hmm. as you guys collect that information do you guys have like hard stopping dates where you say anything that we've collected prior to this is what qualifies here and then you just make decisions on
1: yeah the awards the the awards and the and the uh insight is based on a particular calendar uh year or or you know division of of the calendar
0: okay now with the people i mean with that many people out there five million you know as you hear you know studies and it comes to mind as like, like a Nielsen family with TV Mm. ratings and things. Is that analogous to that as like people, are they the same people every time?
1: Uh, They're definitely not the same people every time. Okay. Uh, That that would, that would skew the, uh, the sample. Um, Not the same person every time for every study. Now, obviously (laughs) this is the world is a finite place and we've only made so many people. (laughs) And so, and so many people, uh, participate in surveys but it's it's never the same people for the same survey okay Tw- twice in a row like Is, we don't do that
0: are people able to say hey i'm interested in being you know part of a study or do they yeah
1: we 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 do contract uh occasionally with outside survey companies as well okay uh, and those outside survey companies will generate a um a unique populace from which to to get our survey results
0: okay yeah cuz i, I... I know as I you know walk through the idea of this in my head it's like hey I'd like to be interested you know I'd like to provide some feedback in this space but I imagine that people you know to get the true unbiased objective you know blind taste of things you don't even really want to know you're being surveyed
1: and well, um you do. Uh, doing a survey is, you know, there's there's a virtuous cycle there, right? You, you know, you're improving a, a process, so it's not so bad when people want to take a survey. The mm-hmm. harder part, I'd say, is that how do you say this? Those who seek to offer their opinion tend to not be the ones you really want offering their opinion mm-hmm. because we have, you know, the internet effect, sure. right, where everything is amplified to the nth degree, right. And, you either get five stars or half a star.
0: Right. Well, yeah. And that's, you know, the the first thing you do is if you had a bad experience, you complain and you tell everybody, but it's very rare. You know, you pull the, the manager aside at a restaurant and say, Hey, this was really awesome. This person was great. The food was wonderful. They seem generally taken back by that and like, Oh, it's great to hear that. We don't, normally they don't ask the manager to come over to a table to give us accolades. It's,
1: you know it's funny as I must be a mutant. I, I absolutely delight in doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it it's, makes me it makes me so happy to pull manager side saying hey, I, just so just so you may already know this, but right your server is fantastic. She yeah. did she did he did great. And that's it
0: it makes it makes me want to come back when I know a place if I can, you know, kind of have that relationship with them. So the kind of dovetails into a question of relationships, do you guys have relationships? Like on one side of the fence or the other, I know you have your, your studies, but do you guys have relationships with, you know, in your sector with carriers? Of course. Okay. What does that look like?
1: Um, so we are a trusted third party advisor. So if you think about it, we have the ability, among other things, one of the things we do exceptionally well is around NPS. Are you familiar with what NPS is? I may not know by the acronym. So, net promoter score. Okay. Okay. So, net promoter score is a measurement that how many more promoters than detractors do you have? So, if you put it on a scale of one to 10, you know, people rating you nine and tens are promoters, people rating you one to six are detractors, and the people in the middle are passives. Okay. And the net promoter score is the number of. Promoters minus the number of detractors—that's your net promoter score—and it's typically used as an index of customer satisfaction. How how well people regard your company or brand. Okay. Now the reason why it's so critical to work with your net promoters and P.S. JD Power is the only—it was it was created by Bain, and it, we're the only Bain certified source of NPS. Okay. Okay. Um, But part of the reason why it's so important to work with them is because, you know, promoters, that's your best possible hot lead. They tell their friends, they tell their families, families, these are trusted relationships. Mm -hmm. And so those come with a weight that you can't purchase. Okay. Detractors don't just tell their friends and family. They tell everyone. Right. And so you particularly have to get on top of detractors too. do what you can to drive them to passive. And do what you can to drive passive to promoter or to to promoter status okay and and that difference between an eight and a nine is just a little little delightful something Mm -hmm. just find that were you thanked for your business did they ensure at the end of a call that you got exactly what you needed and if they didn't take it down and get it done right? right was your was your problem resolved in the first call These are things that delight customers. And when, when we're able to, and you asked about the relationship, we bring those insights um, back to the, to our clients, to a, to a major telco, to a, to a major uh, MVPD multi-channel video programming distributor, the cable guy. We bring those insights. That's how we work with a customer. We don't just throw up and show up or show up and throw up. I got that backwards. (laughs) Right. Um, you know, where you show up with a slide presentation and go, here, I'm gonna read these slides to you. That, right. That's not that's not helpful. What's helpful is interpreting the data specifically for their business, specifically for the opportunities that allow them to grow the gaps between their nearest competitors or close the gaps to the to the market leader. Okay. Do
0: you give that information like as blind like, hey, uh, here are some particular people that you know were some red flags or some information that we found that these carriers can maybe follow up with directly or is it kind of like here are the trends here's what we saw uh you need to address it kind of
1: wholesale no we're they're, they're blind they're okay. they're, <clears throat> they're blinded out you can't say survey participant 452 said that he's very disappointed with your brand because xyz you mm-hmm. should call him right now we don't that's not <laughs> we don't do it. their relationship uh, social media coordinators that do that sort of thing. Um, this is not that. This is the broader consumers are pleased by this sort of behavior. Let us let us pursue mm-hmm. that game in, in process by making these changes.
0: Gotcha. So uh, th- that brings up a point of like consumers are pleased with, with customer satisfaction. Have you guys noticed any particular changes? Are people more picky or are they easier to please now? Are there changes in how satisfaction (laughs) is
1: viewed? That's a great question. Um, Year over year, customers are more and more sophisticated and it takes more and more to delight them, to, to, to just go beyond pleasing them to delighting them. So what worked last year is table stakes for this year. You know, what delighted you last year is table stakes for this year.
0: That's interesting. I, I, I know that when it comes to buying Consumers are getting more and more educated and they can just, you know, people can purchase a phone off the internet now without actually touching it because they understand the specifications and features. So you don't have to go into the store, but the people have different expectations as to like, this should be a seamless process. This should be painless. This should be, you know, take this much time. And so that raises, you know, they kind of raised that question because I know, The rising tide or, you know, if it's going down and everybody, you know, all of the carriers are in this same space saying, man, it's getting really hard to kind of stand out from the pack. If everybody's kind of, you know, ebbing and flowing in in tandem, uh, then it, you know, I guess it becomes difficult to kind of step out and say, hey, we are really
1: good at what we do, you know. And that's why we and that's why we work with our clients to help them stand out, to help them find the thing that they're particularly good at. And excel. So, for example, there's a there's a great um, it's a great story. Instead of um, accolades from some some of the com- companies we cover, right? We like to say if you if you want to be a champion, act like one. Right. And behave like, behave like a very successful company, and and sooner than, sooner rather than later, you'll be a very successful company. Right. Um, w- one of them. Um, and I'm not gonna tell you which one, but they they post um a series of inches on their on their website and they say you know try not to beat your your one company who's your biggest competitor by a, by by leaps and bounds because eventually another company will come along do what you do just a little bit better or just a little bit cheaper mm-hmm. and then your only source of 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 difference your only source of being of standing out will be gone instead exceed your your competition in every facet, by just a few inches. Yeah, that's and interesting. You'll, and you'll be better. You'll 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 have a, a stronger all around company and compete at highest levels for for a longer period of time. That's an interesting
0: philosophy. That I. That's cool.
1: I liked it. It kind of blew my mind the first time I heard. it. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's really good. Because usually you hear, no, I got to do this one thing better than anybody else could possibly do it. Right. Uh, or or I'm just really good at everything.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because if you think of like, yeah, their network is great, but I can't call them with a problem or I I go into the store and I wait forever or the return policy is a pain in the butt. So if you're really kind of firing on all cylinders, then it's like, yep, it's consistency. I know what I'm getting from, you know, carrier A as opposed to what I used to get with carrier B. Well,
1: Scott, one of the things you'd mentioned is, you know, what are some of the things that have changed, right? You've been talking about this stuff and you've been helping folks. What's changed? Well, I'd point at the move back to brick and mortar stores, and the migration of the stores from what feels like what used to be a bank teller, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody on the other side of bulletproof glass, and and neither party were very happy about it. Uh, to community centers where you're invited to come in and and interact with the with the team and cast members, you know, yeah, if in, right. in some cases and. You're able to interact with the product and give your feedback on the product and get your problems handled by a person, not, a, not an IVR. Um, that's the, the voice, uh, the, the automated voice uh, AI when you right. call in the Consumer Insights. So I, I'll tell you that, you know, I wouldn't say based on our suggestions, but there's a correlation to we, we suggest the sort of thing. Uh, that, that reach out, that out, excuse me, that outreach to the community, uh, is a way to drive satisfaction. Satisfaction drives loyalty. Uh, and the inverse is true as well. Loyalty drives satisfaction. And both of those things drives a more delighted customer and higher profit ultimately.
0: Right. Now, do you guys see things? Uh, maybe can you guys spot them before they happen in terms of like, um, maybe trends and say, we suggest this to kind of get ahead of these things, or do you guys, is it reactionary? This is what we found based off of what you're currently doing.
1: Um, So, so that, that again, that's that's a, that's a very astute question. So the, our surveys are perception based surveys. Okay. So we go out, we ask people how they feel or how they thought about a certain thing, about a certain question. And they respond to a number of questions, one to 10 10 being the highest, 1 be the lowest. And we apply those answers to attributes, factors, and an index to come up with a score, right? That's how we benchmark a company mm-hmm. because all the questions are the same for that company for that study. And then we weight them appropriately, and that's how we come up with the index. Gotcha.
0: Do, uh, do you have a rough sense of how quickly some of these carriers are to kind of incorporate their scores and like, do you ever see something where it's kind of like, wow, they really turned that information that we provided and they acted on it quickly. Uh, any type of like spikes in metrics or anything that you've identified?
1: Uh, yes. But given that I, I I'm not going to tell you sure. which are particularly my, my customer, my clients, because they get to enjoy a little of that disclosure. I will tell you that. Yes. Um, you know, you know, what's more exciting um, rather than a company that instantly listens to what you say, because by the way, this this is a wonderful dilemma to have: a company that spends a lot of time on what you have to say or does it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great, great problem to have. But what I'd tell you is what is more impressive. Um, I think is a co- is a client who commits to a course of action that takes longer than you know than a wave or a, or, or a volume. That take a look at. Um, a particular mobile carrier made a made a decision, gosh, in in uh, in the twenty twelve twenty thirteen timeframe, to change from to you know to to be go from being arguably one of the worst in customer care mm-hmm. to to um, arguably the best in the world at customer care. Right. So that that was not an inconsequential or short trip right they they made commitments to themselves and to their brand promise to excel and they have
0: right it's kind of like that you know turning the ship around in the ocean it takes yeah. you a long time but when you get heading 180 degrees in the opposite direction it's well worth it so yeah i i can see how if you make these little tweaks and twist the knobs and say hey we're going to you know we're going to make call quality, a little better in the Southeast and do this. But if you're doing this entire kind of like initiative as a company, that's where it becomes easier for somebody to become one of those, you know, net promoters and get out there and say, Hey, you know what? I can really evangelize this brand now because it's not the one that I, you know, played with seven, eight years ago. They are a completely different company.
1: Exactly. I So I'll point you to, and uh, taking zero credit to it simply other than I'm showing you market intelligence. Okay. Okay um i would point you to t-mobile's team of experts okay it, this this is a evolution well it, it is kind of revolution i was going to say it's the next evolution of customer care but it's really revolutionary because it's what they've done um at, at the uh at the orders of the very excellent cali field who runs the the customer service uh, customer experience organization um they have created literally teams to deal with problems. People call in, they get the team and the team resolves the problem. So that every, every discipline is represented by the end of your call. You're going to have it fixed. It will be done. You will be happy. And it's, it's driven some really nice satisfaction gains for them. That, I mean,
0: that makes sense because we, you know, because we can buy things, uh, sight unseen. And we, we, have a sense of entitlement to what we spend our money on and what we expect <laughs> and to have something where it's like, I don't want to call because I don't want to just go through this flow chart of, yes, I turned it off and turned it back on. I, <laughs> you know, I checked for software updates. I, I, dude, I've done all these things. That's get me to tier two, whatever I got to say, the magic words of supervisor, whatever. Exactly. That, That is completely different. I mean, it goes back to having a guy like you—you know—calling and saying, "Well, I know that Ian's going to take care of me when I call because he's a human. He talks to me. It doesn't just reply to prompts. You know that automated."
1: You have it exactly right. That that, again, um, that's a great insight. the The notion of we're in this together. Mm -hmm. We're going to get through this together. That's why every time you are transferred or put on hold. On, on a customer service call, your satisfaction dips tremendously. Right. So if I have to retell the story, my satisfaction <laughs> drops. If I, ha- if I have to wait and then decide if I'm going to have to tell the story again, my satisfaction's got to drop. But if the first time I speak to a person on the line and we work it through and I've told the story, now it's you and me mm-hmm. versus the system. You and I are going to work through this system or we're going to get the help I need. That drives a level of satisfaction that is that is measurable and fantastic. Mm -hmm. So
0: when it comes to satisfaction and different awards, do you see that consumers care more about just the overall experience versus call quality or best network? Like, you know, there's a lot of different uh, things that people can kind of, you know, hide behind. But do you see in your information that consumers really care about one particular thing over all others?
1: Yeah, that's that's a more complicated question than I than I think. Okay. You, you you intended, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it because it means <laughs> well no the the things that that carriers excel in mean different things to different folks, right? right. So if I'm a business user uh, or like for example a medical professional, I need to make sure that I'm on call all the time, no matter what. It might make me feel better to be on the network that is rated highest for call quality. Sure. If I am particularly value conscious, it may be more important to me to be on the network that provides me the, the most economical plan for my needs. Mm-hmm. Um, if I constantly have problems um, and there are customers who are in fringe areas that you know, really do, that, that's a legitimate thing, I may want the – or have really complicated accounts. Um, I may want the, the carrier that's you know, well-known as the best in customer care. So it, it has to do really with the use case as to what's most important to a consumer, but each one of these factors is definitely weighed by consumers when they think about which carrier to select.
0: Sure. Well, I, I mean, I know that some of that stuff for me tends to become white noise when I hear them in commercials, see them on billboards and in print ads. But are, are do you, can you tell that people you know look for certain things and say, "I'm going here because of these awards or because it's consistently rated? Best call quality
1: yeah okay no it, it 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 well, for example, if you are a user of a carrier in a particular city, and that particular city or where you live in particular has less than desirable call quality. Mm-hmm. maybe it's you happen to live in a canyon outside a particular large major metro area, and a particular carrier doesn't do very well there. Well, in your head you're going to look, like, that's it. I I need the carrier with the best network. Right. And in your head, right? Because you've not only um been inundated with it on uh, on, on on broadcast and social media and everywhere else, but it's been ingrained in you that so and so has the best network quality. Why? Because JD Power said so.
0: Right. That's cool. That That's really interesting because for me, I I hear it and it's kind of like, oh yeah, I can't tell you who won what, where, but I know that if I drive by certain spots just in my day, I've seen billboards that say, best customer service, Northeast Ohio and like so it tells me like, we don't
1: cut we don't cut it down quite that far but well, you're not wrong that's
0: yeah that's what i'm looking i'm like okay whose survey is that and is it because they don't have the best call quality or they don't have the best rate plan but best cert you know so i that's where some of it's like how much is that just like picking and choosing statistics to suit so your
1: needs before i came on board yes i i was obviously aware of the brand and uh the the tremendous level of industry expertise that jd power had but i don't think I quite recognized how pervasive uh, the brand is. You can't drive to work without seeing it on the side of a bank. You can't go to work without seeing a billboard for a carrier and seeing one there. You can't watch football without seeing it. You can't watch it. It's right. our earned media, right? People repeating uh, the J.D. Power brand or, 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 or the like uh, without being paid to do so. It is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's such a, well, it's, it's been a tremendously cool uh, time at the intersection of technology and insight. And in my case, uh, you know, media and telecommunications, I, I've had just such a, I've had my, my horizons um, expanded. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I didn't know what I didn't know. And now that I know what I didn't know, sure. I've got, I, I love the process of learning it.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool. It, that you, you brought up something on there that I didn't really have as a question. And if you don't have like an actual good answer for it, I'm totally cool with it. Hmm. You mentioned without being funded is it, how does JD power exist? Is it, uh, where does, how does it sustain itself?
1: Sure. So, and there's, there's no secret here. Um, our, our studies, our surveys are not pay to play. If you are above a certain market percentage, if you if you re- represent a certain percentage of the market at a bare minimum, you're put in the index. If you win the index, you win the award and we give you the trophy. We don't even charge you for the trophy. So it, you, uh, unlike some where you have to pay to be on, let's say, you know, a quadrant of some kind, mm-hmm. um, you are, if you are in the market and you are a sizable player, you are indexed, period, end of story. And if you win, you get the trophy, period, end of story. Now, to purchase the insights in the study, you have to purchase the study.
0: Okay. So you have the information and if you need it, it's not free information.
1: The insights, the ins- right? Right, right, right. D- diving in beyond the so-and-so has said that so-and-so has performed better than I- its competitors. Sure. Right? That part's free. <laughs>
0: yeah. The, I mean, we get the press releases all the time and see, you know, you look at it and go, oh, the, wow, this is the third time in a row that this mm-hmm. carrier has been here or this prepaid carrier has really made some changes. But uh, actually know that there's that much data below the surface as I, you know, I have this conversation with you, I, I can only imagine the type of insight that somebody could say hey this is really valuable in a like a true value sense to us to kind of figure out where we can you know what we can do better and and where we you know can spend our time and efforts we we
1: try real hard to to provide those opportunities right nobody wants to um be t- uh, this this might be a quote maybe we don't use sure. <laughs> but, but you know nobody wants to be told that their baby's ugly right 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 so sometimes it's a very difficult thing we do which is to bring truth to power to to bring observations which may be less flattering um than a client would like mm-hmm. it's it's the truly sophisticated and dedicated clients that hear it and say you know show me numbers let's defend this then we need to change this right away. The the take real action when confronted with um, opportunity, you know, defendable opportunity. Gotcha.
0: So uh, I I think one kind of major question, then I'll I'll let you go. It's 2019. This is the year of 5G, the the coming out (laughs) of that. And there are a lot of, uh, you know, for me as a, you know, in the blogging space and talking to people in the real world and people asking questions of, What is 5G? Is it available here? And what's the difference? I know there's a lot of unknowns. Do you forecast any type of trends or changes or any type of expectations uh, in terms of uh, customer satisfaction or, you know, perceptions over the next year?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Great so, question. Great answer. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. You got some time. Yeah. Uh, um, no. So,
0: are there like general like misconceptions? I mean, do, can sure. you glean that from
1: yeah. study? Okay. Yeah. Well. So, like, currently the the latest goof, the, the latest market goof, and I call it a goof because it doesn't seem like it was really thought through very well. Um where one carrier called their their current offering 5GE mm-hmm. and another carrier you know said we're the first to 5G and another car- another set of carriers said 5G we have 10 G <laughs> <laughs> so I you know I think you yeah you can you can see where the intentional confusion lies mm-hmm. right by by trying to confuse a consumer and they don't even all I know is I need to have the most G's Right. Even the most G's. <laughs> um, so, so there's, there's some disinformation or misinformation or confusion stone intentionally into the market. And then th- there's that race to, to be first. Now, you know, uh, a particular carrier who claims to have been first in the world in 5g rollout uh, deployed in Minneapolis and Chicago mm-hmm. on a very particular handset. Right. That, didn't enjoy the largest number of sales, right? But was the easiest to upgrade in field with um with a proper radio, right? Right. So, P.S. I'm ex Motorola, so I I absolutely love that it was an ex it was a Motorola phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was the service was very directionally offered. So if you were sitting in a particular seat in a particular cafe in a particular neighborhood you got throughput of nearly a gigabit. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so right now the, the triple net to the consumer is I don't think it's meaningful yet. Sure. It really, it really isn't. There aren't reliable speeds because w- when 5g makes a difference is when it's that level of broadband availability is ubiquitous. Yeah. Right. The ability to have s- fast zones and slow zones is not something you, you can really rely on if you're relying on goods and services that take advantage of that uh, very fast, pervasive backbone. Mm-hmm. So I think that we've got some really interesting market changes coming. So for example, if I can put up a, a directional antenna and get gigabit speed um, out to an, a currently unserved market, well, that's going to be that's that's going to be great because my, my level of infrastructure improvement doesn't involve rolling a fiber out to a, to a remote farm. So that's great. Um, I think being able to have ubiquitous broadband, always on video in HD or 4K is is hard to underestimate how interesting that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the two way video. Um, f- f- uh, Two-way communication where there wasn't one. And then moreover, anything that requires um, heavy-duty computation that needs to be done in the core, not at the edge. And to unpack that for just two seconds, what I mean by that is, let's say your laptop is a computing device at the edge and Amazon Web Services (laughs) is heavy computational power in the core. Right. You can only do so many calculations on your laptop out at the edge, whereas you know infinite storage and infinite commute, compute means you can do very different things, like autonomous vehicles. Right. So needing that massive pipeline of info, both capturing information, making those decisions, and then processing those decisions and, cr- and sending out instructions. Um, requires a level of connectivity we haven't had before, especially the more massive and more dense you go on devices or, or services that require that level of connectivity. So, this was all a very wordy way of saying <laughs> currently it's hard to see the improvements. Sure. By mid 21, life will look very different. That's, no,
0: and you, You brought up automotive, you know, with the connected cars. It wasn't that long ago that the idea of having Wi-Fi in your car was mind-blowing to say, yeah, I actually have a hotspot I can use. You know, if I'm a passenger, I can just use that while we're driving. But the autonomous cars, the self-driving, the just the the AI that we're starting to see and the, the zero latency that, you know, is promised in the 5G, you know, as that stuff starts to converge, you know, we've seen it move very quickly just in the last decade, But you would imagine that it kind of snowballs uh, and moves forward. So that's, it's very interesting. And to me, it becomes a completely different, uh, you know, the, the TMT for me. Now I look at that and go, well, now does that encompass cars? Like how does, you know, that, and actually that's even a question I would have is like, does that become, you know, satisfaction? How was that measured can you could you explain how that might be measured? Is that a car satisfaction rating, or is that like an experience like these cars are provided by this particular carrier or the network or infrastructure?
1: Great, great question. And yes, it all sort of is merging. Right. Um, it's important that a company has, if you're doing insight, has a a lengthy experience in both. Mm-hmm in order to opine as to you know what happens when those two things get together. But av- you're absolutely right. The experience of being in a, in a vehicle is driven, but there is a technology component there that's undeniable, right? If I can't figure out how to use this center stack so that I can make the cold air blow on my face and not my toes, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to be a happy guy. Right. Um, what else can I tell you? I was going to tell you, that, yeah, we had mentioned a little bit about how, um, you, you were talking about how this progress was made and I wanted to talk about a couple of things like uh, at my recent, um, empower IOT West. So we've recently created an IOT practice that's bringing, um, practitioner knowledge to our clients. As we like to say, IOT is not, is a team sport you don't want to go it alone. And so, you you know, we're, we're very good to go along with, Um, We recently had, uh, last week, our first uh, workshop, had about 70 guests and some really incredible speakers, including Tom Kalopoulos, who's author of a book called The Bottomless Cloud. And he talked about how uh, a world where storage costs will no longer impede progress, because right now, if you think about it, uh, autonomous vehicles throw off a tremendous, absolutely staggering amount of data, right? Telemetry-wise, video, it, there is terabytes of data coming off of these vehicles
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's you can keep up with that to a certain point but all of that data comes with a cost it's not free to store it it's not free to access it Right? you pay charges on ingress and egress of a cloud mm-hmm. and you pay to store it so if you think about it your fifty thousand dollar tesla may come with a cost of 2.23 million dollars a year to store and access all the data that comes off of it.
0: Right. Well, yeah, I I hadn't thought of that, but that, as you started to tell me, you know, and thinking about what is actually being sent and used and processed that yeah, yeah these are it's like they're giving away the the razor and they're going to pay for the blades themselves.
1: Exactly. So you can see how the evolution of storage or process or you know that that sort of thing will change the the method and the way in which we consume the product right so there's mm-hmm. only so many storage will create that bottleneck where we can't have that many AV uh, autonomous vehicles or we will have reached peak car where we just where the, where the planet just won't sustain more vehicles and so autonomous vehicles becomes the only way we can continue to move the populace, swiftly. The only way to do that is by unlocking storage. So is that the cost and the egress and the ingress is not prohibitive to having that level of, of, of automotive vehicle, or excuse me, uh, autonomous vehicle density. Right? So there's, he actually blew our minds, Tom. Tom, uh, You're Calopolis. blowing mine. <laughs> uh, he, he really is he awesome. blew our minds. Um, and I'm happy I'll, I'll send you it's uh Colopolis and the author the book is uh, the bottomless cloud. I've got it written down. Uh, we also had, uh w- one of my very favorite people uh Nate Williams who's the former chief revenue officer from an IoT company called August right August Locks yeah he's now a, an entrepreneur in residence at Kleiner Perkins and he again blew our minds with talking about his experience in consumer IoT uh as well as where investments are going now what where the investment dollars are flowing uh, and then finally we had, uh, we had Jeff Gardner, who's the CEO of Brinks Home Security. He talked about protecting the, the connected home. And that was just, it was just fantastic. Oh, wow! Yeah. that You'll be on the invite list for
0: the next one. No, that sounds really like just the, the fly on the wall. Like just because these people are, you know, face down in this stuff and they can see that, you know, the things happening before they happen for us. That, that's, that's a type of like uh leading edge stuff. That's
1: really fascinating. That's good. Stuff. At least to me. <laughs> well, we like it. We like it.
0: Uh Ian, this has been a a great conversation. I I've really enjoyed it. Uh I've learned quite a bit, not just about JD Power, but just kind of like how that part of the industry works and and it it was nice to kind of get an idea or a sense of like how the sausage is made when it comes to these uh actual studies. Um thank you for you know, taking time to speak with me and, and spend your, uh, you know, spend almost an hour with me today.
1: I I'm delighted to do it. You'll, you'll find that uh, you get me started on a topic. I like talking about You actually have to tap the clock and say, dude, enough.
0: No, I, I could uh, have, <laughs> we could have kept going where we were heading. I would I would have been all in, but it, it, was not where we started. But, That's
1: right. No, you know. I I appreciate. It. Please keep my number. Please uh, reach out to Brian as well. We're we're only too happy to to provide um a little bit a little bit more visibility into the into the sausage making whenever okay. you need. Great.
0: Well, hey, have a great week ahead. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks again. And uh, I don't know what your day looks like today, but it sounds like you <laughs> might have catching some... up. Yeah. Po- Post holiday. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right. Hey, Scott, I really appreciate uh, this time. This was fun.
0: No problem. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Ian for taking time to speak with us and share a little bit of insight into J.D. Power and Associates. If this was your first time listening to the podcast, we would appreciate if you subscribed or gave us some feedback. If there's something that you'd like to suggest, maybe for an upcoming episode, or maybe you had a question about today's episode, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at androidguys.com.